What is going on, folks? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Pit Podcast, your daily podcast covering the Pittsburgh Panthers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day as usual. I am Nick Fairby, ref for Pittsburgh Sports Now, call games at WPTS Radio, and I'm a production assistant at ACC Network. And folks, today we have a pretty loaded episode to talk about. But first, spring camp starts today. I want to talk about one main topic that continues to come up when I look at this team. Did Pitt do enough to address their linebacker situation in this offseason, or do they have to add the be of the portal more as they go into the spring. We'll talk about that today. We'll also talk about the women's basketball team as they near the ACC tournament and these last two games they played and why there might be optimism to be had with this team going to next year. And we'll also look over baseball and softball and where they're going in their respective seasons. It's all coming up here on today's episode of Locked on Pit. You are Locked On Pit, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, folks? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Pit Podcast, your daily podcast covering the Pittsburgh Panthers. And as always, thank you, folks, for making the Locked On Pit Podcast your first listen Everyday folks, if you're watching on YouTube, like, comment, subscribe, turn on the notification bell, do all that great things. If you're listening, make sure to leave a review, give feedback. As always, cannot make this show as good as possible without your feedback. And today's episode of the Locked on Pit podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where that game starts. And folks, today there's plenty to talk about. A very busy weekend for Pitt. Obviously, the advent of basketball season coming into its twilight zone for this team. Spring practice starting up today. Lacrosse having two pretty big games. Baseball and softball continuing to get into their stride a little bit more. It's a busy week. Gymnastics had a big meet in it against LSU and, and a few other teams down in Texas. There was a lot that happened. Uh, the, the swim and the, the swim and dive ACC meets, the track and field meets. I mean, it, there was everything. So lots of things happened. But the the one thing that I kept coming back to as we saw spring ball come up more and more as it as it crept closer and closer, and now that we are officially essentially here at the start of spring ball was what in the world is Pitt going to do at linebacker? Because we've talked about it before, but did they actually do enough? And I think it's a very real question to ask because obviously it started with Michael Dow committing right before the peach bowl or right after rather. And then he couldn't come because of a medical situation, which then meant that they had to go out and get another guy. Shane Simon from Notre Dame was that guy. And, and so now it feels like we now know where Shane Simon will play. And Narduzzi said he will play at the money position. And, and so we have Shane Simon as a money backer, which means Cervasi Dennis is almost certainly the Mike linebacker. And then that kind of leaves you in a weird spot for your star linebacker, right? It's an interesting topic. And so you have a bunch of different linebackers now in a room that outside of Servasier Dennis are very unproven. 
Now, the Mike spot is probably the most proven. It's going to be Dennis and Brandon George, I would assume. I, I know Brandon George gets a lot of flack, but I, I, I tend to see him more as a fine backup again. And I've talked about this on here. I think that Brandon George is a lot better than people give him credit for. Now, yes, I don't think he's all that athletic, which is, is what it is. He's a little tight in his hips, so he's not great dropping back in coverage. But he's also very, very intelligent. He's very football intelligent. He's a guy that plays with a physicality that sets the tone. He's able to shed blocks at the second level. When you were talking about that Mike spot, you really need to be able to beat blocks at the second level. Really good run defender. Um, and in, sometimes, yes, he can get isolated in coverage, but usually they'll play zones to help him underneath or they'll send him on blitzes. And he understands the complexities of the game. And he really grew into his role in, in the more complex schemes that pit runs in terms of their zone blitzes, their fire blitzes, their cross dog blitzes, their falcon blitzes, stuff like that. He really grew into those a little bit more. And I thought you saw more and more confidence in Brandon George as the season went on. And, and, and yeah, again, limitations, but as a backup Mike backer for a guy like Cervasi Dennis, who was such a dynamic playmaker in the middle of your defense, who really improved from the start of the year to the end of the year in terms of the Mike backer position. By the end of the year, he was one of the best middle linebackers in the ACC, not just one of the best linebackers. Um, and, and I thought that was something – that really was good. He was obviously one of the best outside linebackers before when he played money, but now he's one of the best inside linebackers as well. And Mike position is the hardest position to play in the Pat Narduzzi scheme in terms of the linebacker spot. Star isn't necessarily easy either, but money's the easiest. You can't kind of just attack, go downhill, but I really liked what I saw from Sarvasia Dennis. So then you have to look to the money. And we've talked about Shane Simon, athletic freak that has all the traits to be a stud and, and not a guy that we have seen come through the pit program very often in terms of athletic traits, raw athletic traits. This guy carries with him are insane. And there's a reason he was highly sought after out of high school, the burst, the explosiveness, the pure speed he has, the ups and downs this guy has on the football field are like the jackrabbit. Up and down, up and down, up and down. You'll see him make a great play one play, and it'll be one of the best plays you'll see all year, and then you'll see him make a real dumb play. Now, he has to find that consistency, and Pitt has been able to make their linebackers find that consistency. You know, Phil Campbell, Cam Bray, uh, Chase Pine improved over his time. Obviously, Servasia Dennis has done a great job here. Uh, so there's been a lot that Pitt has been able to do with that linebacker room. Can they give Simon that consistency? And if they do, his ceiling's going to be really good. But again, he is not a 100% penciled in starter. He might start on the two deep as the number one money backer, but I don't think you can put him in there 100%. Now, the starting star linebacker, you know, this was supposed to be where Michael Dowell was going to play, but now you imagine it will be Bengali Kamara. Um, I would imagine Kamara is going to start at the star. He looked really good at the money last year in the Peach Bowl. A guy that, again, exudes these athletic traits that Pitt hasn't had in the linebacker room, but they recruited it over the past few years. Really lengthy. He's long. He's explosive. He's quick. And he's a guy that looked very physical. Uh, he's very willing to go and bang down and around the tackles. A guy that just likes to attack. And working in space, he looks comfortable enough. Um, he look, he doesn't look big and lumbering. He looks fluid. And I'm really high on what Bengali Kamara can bring. But outside of these four guys, and I think we've seen enough of these four, 
to know something. Kamar himself is a little bit of a question mark. So is Shane Simon. Uh, they're question marks. But I think you know a little bit more about them than, say, someone like a Solomon DeShields, who we've seen a little bit of. But what we know is a freak athlete, guy that has played wide receiver. He was an emergency wide receiver last year. This is the type of freak athlete we're talking about. Absolutely yoke. He's rocked. Could be star or money. Is he Which backup is he going to be? Or could he come on the scene, maybe steal a starting job? We'll see. And then outside of that, it's kind of like who's going to be the six? Is it going to be Aiden Henningham, former wide receiver turned to linebacker? He's really bulked up and played well. Is it going to be one of the freshmen, Mark Juan Pope? Or Kyle Lewis? Is it going to be a safety transitioning down like a Judson Talendier or a Buddy Mack um, that might transition from safety to linebacker could it be someone like that working at the star that's going to be a question Solomon DeShields is going to take one of those backup spots whether that's at the money or the star the question will be who's going to be that sixth guy in that rotation and it will be a battle because usually Pitt was going to work six and I'm guessing they're going to work six into this rotation so that brings the question did they do enough and this is where you saw the offer go out a little bit ago to a Vanderbilt transfer by the name of DeRicky Wright you know, he was a guy that transferred after some tough circumstances in Knoxville or Nashville, rather, um, for, for again, Vanderbilt, a guy that's very long, very lengthy. It's going to be really interested in him. And they're going to have other competition. He was offered by Texas, for example. He's a really talented player in terms of physical tools. He was very, very heavily pedigreed coming out, a guy that plays with a certain edge to him. And, and so when you look at him at 6'4", 230, this guy's size jumps out. But he's also an extremely athletic player. And so the question is, where would he project? Is he the money backer? And if they could get him, it would change everything, right? This is a This is a guy that though played a little bit of a linebacker-safety hybrid. So if you're going to ask me, the Ricky Wright would be the, the star linebacker, and that would force Bengali Kamara and Shane Simon into a battle for the money spot. And then if Kamara wins, he'll start at the money. If he loses, it'll be Simon, and then it'll be Kamara at the back of star. I mean, it kind of depends. And then that will obviously depend on Solomon Shields and everything. But I do think they could use one more because, again, there's a lot of ifs and question marks. There's talent here, no question about it. There's raw talent here. Shane Simon's raw talent is there. Bengali Kamara's raw talent is there. Solomon Shields' raw talent is there. All these guys have really raw talent. Kyle Lewis has really good tape. Um, so does Aiden Hemingham in terms of his pure measurables size. Like, they have good talent. The question is, is it going to turn into on-field play consistency? Is the potential going to come into actual play, actual results? That's a different story. And so I think Pitt's going to, if they can add more certainty to that room, a guy like the Ricky Wright who played a safety linebacker hybrid role in the Vanderbilt defense could play at the star or could play at the money. I think that's what they could use. And I think adding him would be big. So, well, I think they tried to do a lot. And I think they could. I think it wouldn't hurt to add another linebacker here, especially since they now have 86 on scholarship um, and certainly more to transfer out uh, from the quarterback room alone. I think they'll be able to afford right if he wants to come. So that definitely is someone I think Pitt should look at. All right, folks, let's transition over to women's basketball a little bit. I want to talk about that. But first, let me let you know about Bet Online because football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land. 
BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And folks, it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, hockey, boxing, and UFC odds, as well as other coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast. We continue to talk here. We just got done talking about Pitt's linebacker situation, of course, and why I think that they could use a guy to go there. It's a little bit too many question marks overall, and certainly they have strengths. But speaking of flawed teams that you think have strengths and you like what you see at times, but you want to see a little bit more, I think Pitt women's basketball encapsulates that better than just about any team it has currently. And so as I continued to watch this team against Louisville Thursday and now against FSU on Sunday, this team is flawed, but there's talent on this team. And I and I think and I've said this, never in the world has the talent ever been an issue under Lance White. And you know you got Aislinn Malcolm coming in, local scorer, guard extraordinaire, a slasher, a true slasher that's going to be able to get to the basket. She can shoot a little bit. She's a dynamo. So that'll be big time, right? Aislinn Malcolm was a big time commit. Maybe they can get another shooter, though. And they have, I believe, three open scholarships. And this is the point here. I think they have pieces. I think they have things that they can work with. You know, they lost Jayla Everett, but honestly, they play, to a degree, they played better without her. Sandrine Kleska has stepped in at guard, at point guard, and has been the quarterback point guard they needed. She has been very good recently, and I don't know why she hasn't been playing more. That's the bigger question. It was kind of two ball-dominant people in terms of Everett and Harris. And Harris has been playing with a jammed finger, apparently, explaining her struggles. Everett and, and Day just did not mesh as those two ball-dominant people. Never really were the point guards. Kleska, on the other hand, has been this calming quarterback-type presence that's really given them some spectacular minutes. I mean, over the last two games, she has played a total of 30-plus minutes in both games, 77 minutes. Only two turnovers in both games. She's done a really nice job. She's been good on the boards. She's gone after it in terms of passing. She's four assists in both games. She's not going to be a high-scoring output, but she doesn't need to be. She's been that calming presence they need. Since being inserted to the starting lap, I've been very impressed with her. I think she can be their starting point guard next year. And I think that'll be very smart of them to get her into that starting point guard role. And they have a good front court now more. You know, playing Liatsu King is the right move. Why did Liatsu King not play more before? I don't know. I've been clamoring this all year. She is much better than Lance White maybe thinks she is. She's developing a nice mid-range game. She's been big. Amber Brown, yes, she has her moments. She's up and down. Her consistency 
needs to hit a better factor, but also Amber Brown is very talented, scrappy on the boards, able to win down low, working that dribble drive. She now has handles. Rita Ibakwe is a great presence down low as well, not only both as a defender, as a shot blocker. She also is really able to get up on those boards. She's able to win and, and finish at the rim. That's been a big improvement for her this year, finishing at the rack. She's really done that at a high level. And so there's talent on this team. I really kind of do like some of the pieces they have. I like what Taisha Exenor has shown later in this year as a tough type of, of guard, a scrappy guard, but she needs to learn how to understand pressure better and, and not be so turnover prone. She needs to be smarter with the ball. This whole basketball IQ thing with the team needs to improve, and that's why I said as much. But because they're such a team that relies heavily on driving the ball and, and driving to the hoop, they really need shooters. They need spacing. It's something that they really need on this team right now. They lack the spacing. And here's the thing. You understand what they need. It's painfully obvious. And it's really the same formula each team does against them. You know, they just pack the paint. They take force them to take very highly contested shots. Going to pressure, it leads to a lot of turnovers. Now, the football, the basketball IQ type of thing where they have to play better in certain situations is obviously contributing to those that lack of smart plays and shot selection and getting all of that in the turnovers. But also, they collapse the paint on these drivers, and it and leads to a lot of sloppy play down low. And it's, it's the issue there that Pitt needs to solve. Pitt's a good rebounding team. Pitt has people that can finish. They have a solid front court. They now have a point guard that can really dish it out and has been able to find their bigs down low. The bigger thing that they have to do is that they have to find shooters. Really, right now, it's only Destiny Strother, and she is hit or miss, depending on the day. She is completely hit or miss. They need another shooter or two. Another shooter or two. Probably a proven one at that. And so this is 100% something that when you look at this team, they need that spacing because it'll open up things for Leah King as she drives. It'll open up things for Amber Brown a ton. And Amber Brown's already good as she is, but she doesn't have that jumper. So if she's able to dribble drive and, and get one-on-one and have that open lane, that would be huge for her because she's improved as a passer as well. Ray Bakway, the same thing. Heck, it would help out the guards. It would help out Dacianette Harris because her three-pointer hasn't come along. Sandrine Kleska is more of a driver as well. She'll take shots when she needs to, but she doesn't really do, do it when she's forced, and she has to at least settle down in terms of her shot selection, and she so far has done that. And so this has been a, a pit team that has gotten smarter, but they still have this, ter- this, this ceiling they have to reach. There are different types of ceilings they have to reach. There, are, And I think Lance White kind of put it perfectly in that they look like an ACC team in terms of physique. They're athletic. They're long. They have ACC athletes. But more importantly, they have to take the next step and play the ACC team. Basketball IQ, shooters, the shooting part is going to be big. I think they have the front court. They have some really nice pieces cooking there. But the shooting has to come up. Give them a little space, 
give them another mode of offense. And if they can get some shooters, I think things would actually change a lot for Pitt. Add a shooter to this team next year, they can easily rise up to at least the middle of the pack of the ACC. They're a talented unit. And again, this is a unit that's going to keep a lot of its team together and could for two more years because the, of the COVID year. Brown, Ibakwe, Dacian at Harris, all of them still have two more years of eligibility. And you're going to be able to really stretch out that that unit in this nucleus and hopefully propel it forward. We'll see. I think I came out a lot more optimistic at the end of the year than I thought it would be out of Lance White's team. All right, folks, we'll switch over, talk a little about softball and baseball and my thoughts on them and their early starts of the season. First, let me let you know about Built Bar because, folks, this is the time of the year that I know you've pretty much given up on New Year's resolutions. But not this year. You can stick your resolutions to eat right thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because you can actually enjoy eating them. Have you tried the Puffs? Because if you haven't, you're missing out on one of the best Built Bars ever. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat. And they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors. Yummy cinnamon Eve churro. Coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie, so good. These are going to be some of your favorites. And all the bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, including puffs, 100% real chocolate. But here's the catch. You also get all the health benefits of a protein bar, low in calories, low in sugar, low in carbs, high in protein. So replace your candy bars with these and you will be instantly healthier. And folks, here's the offer. All you have to do is go to built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at build.com. All right, folks, welcome back to the Lockdown Pit Podcast. As we continue to talk here about a loaded weekend in pit sports and now switching over from pit women's basketball and the linebacker talk of the spring to the baseball and softball teams and so they start their seasons here down south, away from the Berg, as who knows what the weather would be up here as a northern team. And right now, it's been interesting, I think, to watch these two teams. There have been a few developments that are unexpected in terms of, I think, Pitt softball specifically. And Pitt softball has been steady so far to start the year. Starting off eight and five, you know, they lose to some good teams. Lose to a team like Michigan State, Iowa, Penn State. But they beat a team like Kansas. They beat a team like Stephen F. Austin. They grind out a few really good wins here this weekend and go three and one on the weekend. Now they're going to Tallahassee next weekend, and that'll be a big test for them. But the pitching has really been a lot better than I thought it would be. And, and so when you look at someone like Danny Drogemuller, who deserves all the credit in the world for what she has done, we're not talking about just a good pitcher. We're talking about one of the best pitchers in the ACC this year. When you look at it statistically, from top to bottom, this has been a, a player and a pitcher that really does track in terms of those top softball pitchers in the ACC. Her, her, when you look at her, her ERA, it's all the way down to 0.78 now, which is incredible. She has truly been one of the best pitchers 
in the ACC. 0.78, that's third in the ACC right now. You look at her innings pitched, 44.2. That is fourth in the ACC. When you look at her shutouts, she has two of those. When you look at her complete games, she has five of those. That is third in the ACC. Strikeouts, it's up there as well. Danny Mueller is fifth in the ACC in terms of strikeouts, batting average against. She's also up there. She is essentially in the top category for all of these. She's been phenomenal. She really has been quite good. And you love to see what you have from her because they needed an ace. And now they got one. Allie Merskin, the Jacksonville transfer, has also been solid as a number two. Now, I'm not completely convinced she's a true number two. We'll see how she goes in the ACC play. We'll also see how good George Mueller is against FSU this week. But if this pitching performances could keep up and they could continue to go forward, Hey, maybe they got something here. But behind that, it's it's not much. You know, they have Mackenzie Styles, who's got racked. Abby Edwards hasn't had a great start to the year either. So there's a lot they still have to work on. The bats are coming on just fine. You know, they, they've had the they've had a few really good players already be able to really hit the ball. Cammy Thompson, no surprise there. She's always been able to do it. Haley Brunson, the freshman, has really had a hot start. E.C. Taylor's been great in the leadoff spot. They've had a few really good additions. Yvonne Whaley, the Texas Tech transfer, has been really good for them in terms of that two-hole. So they've had enough to where this team is building something, but I don't know how good they are yet. They're better than last year's team. They, it seems like they have more pitching. But again, if they only have two pitchers, you're going to run into issues regardless. You need more depth. Than that, so maybe they're still a year or two away from truly getting on that train and, and going perfectly. Now, baseball is an interesting story. They're five and three, split the series with Canisius last week, and and two pretty ugly losses: eleven to three and fifteen to seven, and then they won twelve to two and four to nothing. But this week. A 4-3 win over Bradley, then a 3-2 loss, but two straight rattle-off wins against Lipscomb in back-to-back days, including one where they won 16 to nothing on Saturday. It was an encouraging weekend for this team because what they really needed to put together was a unit that showcased that they could 100% deal with the pitching and, and be able to go through all those ups and downs of the pitching unit. And they have a lot better pitching performance this week. Obviously, they had those really two bad games last week where they allowed 11 and 15, didn't allow more than five this week in the game, and it led to a three and one record. Now, there's always going to be question marks. Matt Gilbertson has proven that he is fine. Billy Corcoran had a really good outing. Uh, against Bradley, although they lost that one. Uh, I thought that Logan Evans has really been great. The Penn State transfer, Logan Evans, 14 innings thus far pitched. Zero runs allowed in those 14 innings. He's really been strong to kick it off. Uh, He's been great so far. Uh, Ten strikeouts, only two walks, seven hits allowed over those 14 innings. You really like what you've seen from him. You know, the bullpen's still a work in progress out trying to replace guys like Chase Smith and Jordan McCrum. Obviously, they're not healthy uh, completely yet either. So 
that this is a pitching staff that still needs to get healthy, but the hitting as well has been a little bit of an issue. Sky Duff has been solid to start off the year. So is Kyle Hess and Bryce Hewlett. No surprise there. Jeff Whaler, the Youngstown State transfer, has also been one that has been solid. Tatum Levins, the transfer from LaSalle, has really given them a boost in that catcher spot in terms of offense, and they needed it. It was really a black hole for them last year in terms of that. Riley Wash is now gone, of course, but they've done a nice job of, of turning that into a productive spot thus far. You know, Jordan Anderson and Brock Franks are two-plus defenders that haven't been able to hit much. Now, Franks was able to hit this weekend pretty well, including had a homer against Lipscomb, a key one at that. Anderson hasn't been able to find his back going, but his plus center field ability, especially playing at such a vast expanse of park like Cost Field, has been pretty big for them. So we'll see if that continues. I think it will, and they'll need to watch out for him uh, as he as they get into their home stretches here as the spring continues on. But good, good signs from this baseball team coming into this week. You know, I'm not sure if they're 100% as good as they were last year. Again, I'm not sure if they have the firepower for losing guys like Nico Popa and David Yanni. Um, but I do think that they have – if the pitching can pitch like they did this weekend and you see that and you see the bullpen really strike down well and you get solid starts from guys like Billy Corcoran and Logan Evans consistently, I think this will be a good thing for Pitt. And you'll see this team at least grind out wins and give teams a run for their money, especially once they start to get into ACC play. All right, folks, thanks for listening. And as always, you know, we, we will be back tomorrow. I'll be heading off to the Combine with Alan Saunders. We will give you coverage. Kenny Pickett, Demory Mathis, Kalanomitis there. Make sure to do, talk about all that, the testing and as well. But tomorrow we'll obviously talk about Duke a little bit because Pitt men's are going to welcome Coach K and Duke for his last road game. So we'll talk about that tomorrow, folks. As always, thanks for listening. And as always, hail to Pitt.